It's that time of the year again. Nominate yourself or someone who has made an outstanding contribution to Canada's entrepreneurship and innovation community. Nominations are open for 17 awards, including a new category, the Canada 150 Award. Join us as we celebrate and recognize the accomplishments of entrepreneurs, innovators, and trendsetters shaping the entrepreneurial community in Canada. Visit startupaward.ca to submit your nomination by June 16th. Hi, I'm Rob Vilnove, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Corporate culture is about how it feels to be in your work environment, but never underestimate the value of spending time together outside the office too. The best teams are strong because they support each other to get the job done, and team building activities can be a great way to cultivate that type of environment. At Rebel, we like to step outside our comfort zones together, which has led us to do some really fun team activities. From curling to axe throwing and overnight trips at a ski resort to really simple in-office poker tournaments. Team building doesn't have to be expensive, but it does have to be considered in budgets and work plans. The key takeaway, make sure a leader in your organization is in charge of making team building activities happen. They are worth the investment and are a great way to celebrate successes and show some appreciation for your employees. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Enjoy the flexibility of working where, when, and how you need to without the worry of unexpected overage fees with Rogers Share Everything for Business Plans. This service includes flexible data that can be tailored to suit your needs. Share talk, text, and data between teams and devices and put an end to your usage worries. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash share for biz. That's forward slash share for B-I-Z. Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business. Storytelling, the journey of real change makers and discovering their impact on the world we live in. And now, broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, Rivers Corbett. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. 
On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. Look, uh, we're just thrilled to have as our guest today a really, really epic, epic person. And you only have to look at his Skype profile picture to know that uh, this guy's something special. Lyndon Johnson is the founder and strategic PR specialist behind the platforms Think Different with a bracket L-Y. In other words, Think Different. Lee and comms.bar. Lyndon moved to Toronto, Canada from the UK several years ago, marking the creation of his first public relations business. Lyndon saw an opportunity to improve public relations and created his company to embody such innovation as well as tailor it towards modern business. More recently, his work in redefining how companies value and define public relations continues with his new platform, comms.bar. Down for breaking the meta and helping entrepreneurs where it truly matters, Lyndon has a history of creating meaningful business relationships for his clients at an affordable affordable price. And in today's interview, we're going to learn about Lyndon's unique approach to PR, his approach to helping his clients, and the stories behind what drove him to create his business, and why did he leave the UK to Toronto. I'm going to add that piece in because I'm interested. Lyndon, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Rivers. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. After that intro, I just uh, hope I live up to the billing. Yeah, I hope you do too, man. I hope you do too. No, no <laughs> I think pressure. You will. No pressure at all. Well, look, um, you know, you you not you didn't start just one PR company. You started two PR focused businesses. Um, you know, I always like to say stay in the lane, but that seems pretty close in the lane when it comes to two PR focused businesses. Can you can you talk to me about the bis- the difference between those two companies? Absolutely. So it's a reality that ninety eight percent there or thereabouts of businesses can't get help with public relations because they can't afford the barrier to entry, the cost. And so I've seen that and also the other problems that those that could afford it really weren't getting value from the traditional PR packages, the media relations, the content creation from social media. And I wanted to do something about it. And so you know, when I came to Canada, one of my clients, one of my customers at the last agency I worked for, told me they wanted to keep working with me because they got value from the things that technically they weren't paying for, which was the strategic Mm. insight, the kind of creative thinking, the additional pair of eyes on what they were doing. And that got me thinking that there was an opportunity. And I also wanted to separate the strategic side from the implementation. 
Because what happens in traditional PR companies is that the strategy is very much determined by the activities. And so it started with two ideas. One was about changing implementation, about changing the way that entrepreneurs could get help. And then I got thinking about the strategic side. And over time, I always thought that think differently would be the main focus and that comms bar would be something that would be a way of delivering the way that the think differently works. But over time, comms bar became about the strategy and developing a strategy mm. around achieving a milestone and think differently over time has become a service to the bar where you develop a strategy. Mm. Entrepreneurs need specific help doing particular things. And so think differently has become that business um, that kind of where entrepreneurs need that extra help. They need the resources. They need somebody with specialist skills to get their hands dirty. Right. Then we can provide that as well. But that that came out of you know the the one idea of trying to fix the problems that I saw with traditional public relations and make it relevant for entrepreneurs. Is it fair to say that you uh, you have separated strategy from tactical yet bridged them together with your two organizations? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But along the way, you're challenging the traditional definition of PR and, you know, the, the old madman type of uh, model and so on. And, and you're, so you're zagging when everybody else is zigging, you're innovating. Can you tell us how that innovate? I mean, I, I see it when the way you, you, you write, think differently, comms.bar, that's different. And when I look at your Skype uh, handle, it's think.linden. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the, your DNA is about, uh, about innovating and thinking differently. So can you tell us how you're executing that for your clients? Yeah, it's really about solving the problem first and foremost, figuring out how you solve the problem, and then figuring out what you need to do in order to achieve it. And the definition, people think that I'm innovating on the definition. What I'm doing really is taking it back to the very core of the disciplines, taking it back to where it started. If you look at the PRSA, which is the largest industry association for the PR industry, the definition that it uses is the one that I use. Yeah, um, interesting. It's only over the last few years that PR companies have started to bundle everything together so that it's really unclear about what public relations is, what marketing is, what publicity is. And mm. when I was looking at the problem and, and how I solved some of the problems that I saw, it was about clarity, clarity of what the terms mean. So public relations is about building and maintaining key business relationships. And I use the kind of definition being actionable relationships. They, they're relationships that you can ask somebody to do something and there's a high probability that they'll actually do it for you. Marketing's mm -hmm. about activating relationships. So when you've built them, it's about getting people to do stuff, whether it's to go and book a test drive for a vehicle, or whether it's to buy a product or whether it's to make a recommendation or an introduction, whether it's to invest. Business growth depends on somebody doing something and that's marketing. And then publicity mm -hmm. is about communicating to larger groups of people. And that usually comes after you've built the relationships and you've got some kind of equity or some kind of capital in that relationship. You start to define groups, people that have particular job titles, people that have specific interests, people that you know have affinities to certain brands. And you can communicate with those groups as one. But 
it's very hard to do that before you've started to identify who the key people are and you've started to build relationships with them. Have you ever uh, had a situation, Lyndon, where you've, you've said to your client, you're not ready for PR yet? In many cases, it's there. You know, a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with are very early stage. And at some point, they're not, they don't know who the key relationships are. They don't know what their milestone is. They don't know what the next steps are. And at that point, every single time we go back to, you've got to define what the outcome looks like. Because unless you define what the outcome is, we can't build a strategy. We can't help you. And you're not going to be able to measure it because whatever we do is going to be based on doing something rather than doing something specific to achieving a goal. It's like buying an airline ticket where you don't know where the destination is and then trying to judge whether or not they successfully yeah, yeah. got you there or not. So it's, <laughs> it's right, actually one of the common things that I see. I mean, it's kind of getting people to the point where they can define the outcome to be able to build a strategy. Um, and we see that a lot. Very cool. What's the biggest PR blunder that you've experienced? I'm sure, and you don't have to talk about, I mean, PR blunders that one of your clients has has gone through and has called you in to deal with that. Uh, and you don't have to mention names. I'm just more curious about circumstance than anything else. Well, blunders are strange. I mean, people think that there's this huge risk of saying something or doing something that will embarrass the company or embarrass individuals or will upset customers. And in the world that we live in, it's really noisy. And doing anything that captures people's attention for longer than 15 minutes is incredibly difficult. So mm. blunders are, in that sense, are becoming harder because the worst thing that happens is that nobody hears it. You know, right. you do something, you know, <laughs> yeah. but if you've got strong relationships with the people that matter, yes. then they're very forgiving. Right. And it right. comes to the point where you don't have those relationships where you start to do damage to the business. But if you've got those relationships in place, as long as it's a genuine mistake, then it, it, there's a high probability that they'll forgive you because it's out of character. Yes. Uh, you've got to try pretty hard to do something deliberately that, or, you know, even accidentally that does real long-term damage. And, and the, the blunder I see more often than not is people trying to activate relationships before they've built them to the point that they're just randomly shouting at people digitally, you know, if not, you know, physically, they're shouting at people saying, do this, help me, you know, buy this product. Yes. And they've not got the relationships in place yet. So that, that's really the biggest blunder. I see far more of that than I do of people doing something or saying something or tweeting something that causes problems. Yeah, that's very interesting. Well, I, I've always said that the uh, the true the true value of uh, in business is about relationships, and relationships are two way, and there's they're about the needs for everybody, identifying the needs and then delivering on those needs, and and you just reinforce that point for me. So, and I love that the, the point about the blunder. I think that that's uh, that's so well taken. Is that uh, about the fifteen minute span? So, so thank you for that. So, who's the most a interesting client that has ever walked through your door and uh, what were the challenges you 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 faced when approaching their their PR strategy well just about everybody I see everybody that walks through the door is interesting um you know they're entrepreneurs they want to change the world it's what mm. I get out of bed for uh, but a couple that that spring to mind one I'm working with right now that if they execute on the plan they have the capability to change the way we communicate fundamentally. 
and for me that's exciting it's it's something that nobody's doing and in part it's because everyone's looking in the wrong direction you were talking about zigging when people are zagging mm. it's about you know everybody else is focused on some another way to solve the problem and they're missing what's sitting in front of them so that for me is really exciting because we've had to build everything from scratch we've had to build um the product we've had to build the relationships i've become mm. effectively a, an outsourced cto yes. because i understand the logic i'm not a, a tech guy i'm not a developer or a programmer but i understand the logic behind what they're trying to do and that's something new and then applying communications to building relationships at each stage of that business is uh really exciting and, and if they can execute on the plan we're all going to know about them in six to 12 months, they're going to be a, a household name. Talk to us about how you adapt PR for building your own business. Well, I kind of eat my own dog food. The process that I've developed, <laughs> is, that, is, that an, is that an English phrase? It's a great, it's a great phrase. You know, we have all, I don't know if it's, um, you know, an English phrase or not, but I just love it no matter what it is. I use one, you know, we, we, we barf all over people, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it's same thing. Eat your own dog food and we barf over people. It works. <laughs> I love well, it. The, the framework that I've developed is what I use, and it's what I've used from day one yes. um, in various forms. So the the system, the framework, the methodology that I've developed that I use with customers is what I use for building my business. But the people that are the key relationships for me are, are customers. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody in the PR industry wants to be friends with me. I can't imagine why. But <laughs> entrepreneurs are my best kind of advocates. They're the people that, you know, I'm helping to build their businesses. Therefore, you become, you know, somebody that they will advocate for, they will recommend to friends and family and other entrepreneurs yes. that they know. But I can't show you, but I can I can kind of show you at some point on my office wall, I've got the framework, the canvases that I use for doing client work, customer work, uh, mapped out for me. And that's kind of part of my strategy. And I'll come down and sometimes my wife thinks I'm crazy. I'll come into the office and I'll just stand there looking at them. And I'm looking (laughs) to kind of figure out how the relationships change and where the equity is in them. And so every entrepreneur that I help arguably becomes a part of my business, a part of executing on the strategy because entrepreneurs are the people that are going to make or break my business. And so, you know, I have to, I have to add value and I have to help them grow their businesses in order to build mine. And when you say entrepreneurs, can you give me a definition of what an entrepreneur is to you? To me, it's somebody that wants to change the world. It wants to change Mm. the status quo that actually wants to get on and do it rather than thinking about it. Very and cool. They're brave people. You know, you know this, Rivers. They're, you know, these people are out there and they're doing it. You know, and so everyone I see, no matter, you know, what the idea, how crazy it might appear on the face, they all deserve respect because yeah. until it's proven otherwise, they can do this. Yeah, that, it's very interesting. One of my favorite sayings is entrepreneurs are going to save the world. So there's, I, I told you we were going to get along well. <laughs> and there well, we go. And, and right now, that's probably more 
relevant and more uh-huh. accurate than uh-huh. it's been for many years. Yep, I totally agree. Have you ever had a, a client that uh, you feel you, that you say, no, you're not changing. I know you're an entrepreneur, but you're not the type of entrepreneur that I typically work with, i.e. the cha- changing the world, saving the world type of entrepreneurs. Have you, have you, have you, is your business in that direction now that you're that focused on those type of uh, people? No, I mean, we help all entrepreneurs. The scale of the change varies. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. For every entrepreneur, it's like a child it's it's their their big thing and you know they've put themselves out there they're taking a risk mm. to try and change whether it's changing their community changing their life right you know it right. may not have any bigger global impact but they're doing something that they're passionate about they're solving a problem that they see and that they feel they're the person to address and to solve for other people so you know, that's the thing ultimately that, that, you know, I respect about every entrepreneur, you know, however big or small, you know, the, the business is likely to be or however big or small or the impact that it's likely to have, they all deserve help. And it goes back to the 98% of entrepreneurs can't get help because they can't afford you know, mm. the retainer fees that most agencies charge. If it's 15 minutes that I give my time and, and, you know, I help them solve a problem that then means they go on and they make the change that they want to make. Then I feel I've been fulfilled. You know, it's something I go home at night and think, you know, that was worth doing. Well, you've actually got a unique pricing strategy for your clients that, that use your business. Can you, can you tell us a bit about that and what it offers that your, your competitors just, uh, uh, don't do, as you say, the PR guys don't want to hang out with you. This is one of the reasons I would presume. Yeah. Almost well, my pricing strategy is, is essentially making it cost effective for every entrepreneur. So I, I build uh, the, the appointments that we do is in 15, 13, 60 minute uh, increments. And you know, it's $69 for 15 minutes, $109 for uh, 30 minutes. And for an hour, it's one ninety nine. Right. But it's about that focus. It's about rather than trying to change the world or rather than trying to get to a destination in one hop, it's realizing that you've got to get to certain milestones. You've got to get to certain points along the path and building a strategy that is, does it in one go is unlikely. So what we do is we help entrepreneurs focus on where they need to get to next. When you get there, then you can build a plan to get to the next one and so mm. on and so forth. And that's really kind of driven the way that we charge. We wanted to find a way that actually makes it affordable. And this was a way of breaking it down and, and applying it to the business, making it relevant to the business by saying, we're not going to charge you $5,000 a month or $10,000 a month and we'll do stuff. We actually want to quantify the value. We right. want to be able to demonstrate that mm. we're taking you from where you are to where you want to be. And it's not as simple necessarily as doing it in ones. You've got to go in, in stages. Most entrepreneurs can't afford to do it in one, even if there was a solution. I don't think that in the majority of cases there is a single step solution to building a business. But the pricing structure became kind of a fit for the way that we wanted to approach helping entrepreneurs apply PR and marketing to their businesses because they can measure at every stage whether they've got value. They can measure even if we didn't achieve the specific outcome, we can demonstrate that we've moved them closer to it. And, you know, you can demonstrate 
a return on investment for $69 or $199 in a way that you can't do if you're charging five or $10,000 a month. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash small business. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. So, Lyndon, you know, you, you're, you're, you've got a zagging pricing model that uh, seems to be working for you, attractive to your clients and so on. But, you know, how easy has it been for your clients to, to, to I guess, grasp it, understand it, and then embrace it? Is it, a long, is it a long learning cycle or is it one that they say, oh, my gosh, no, this, is, this is so freaking easy and so epic? Um, so thanks for doing I think it. After, I mean, what's, the, what's the learning I think after curve? After the first fifteen minutes, most of them get it. The challenge is that first fifteen minutes. But um, when you start to tie it to business goals and they see that you can measure it, um, then you know they really start to understand that it's really is designed around helping them build their business. The biggest challenge that I faced was around people thinking it was a Trojan horse, thinking that you get the first 15 minutes or 30 minutes at that price, and then all of a sudden it goes to a retainer. And, you know, but people, when they start to use it, you know, they really can start and stop. You know, if they need to divert funds, you know, for something else in their business, they say stop, it stops. They don't book any more appointments for a while. You know, they come back when they're right. you know, w- w- when they want to kind of focus on public relations where it adds value to their business um they can come back right. where they have a particular problem or where they have a particular challenge um I, I describe it's been pay as you grow because you really are paying based on seeing ah, value neat. rather than uh on paying money up front and hoping so i think after the first 15 minutes people get it this, the challenge for me yep, has been getting yep. people to book that first 15 minutes. Sure. And do the, um, in the beginning, did you find yourself giving away 15 minutes of chat just to get the dialogue going, giving away for yeah, free? Yeah, because part of it for me was was experiments. So it was, they, they, ah, they were, interesting. Okay. They yep. were Validation. Picks, you know, yep. for me, and it was about that yeah. mutual benefit, you, you know, talking about earlier on it's i was giving something in order to get something back and whilst the perception from i think a lot of the early uh, people that I, I gave sessions to was that they were getting something for free actually they were giving back an awful lot because they were helping me to fine tune and to understand how i could make it easier better how i can make it more relevant so um mm, it's one of those mm. things that doing disruptive innovations hard and you know that, i think that's what i'm doing in my industry because nobody's ever done anything like this before 
the, the, the agency world wants to keep charging people five or ten thousand dollars a month but I can make a very uh, sustainable business without ever taking a customer away from them what they're worried about is the fact that it shows there's a different way of doing it and part of you know the early stage was actually testing that out to see whether the idea that I had would work and uh, wow Wow, wow, wow. I, I, I want to stop you there because you have hit onto a golden nugget of a, of a, of a reference point. And uh, I know you know it intrinsically, and obviously you've received the value extrinsically. But for our audience, you know, when we, when we start our businesses, um, we tend to give away stuff for free because, free or because we're looking for that first client or something like that. But you have actually pivoted that mindset to say, give Give it away for free, so there's. But make sure you understand the rationale for free is one about validating the hypothesis you have in your business, so that it's a short-term model that you're ultimately going to turn into a value for uh, for money. Uh, I think that's just a brilliant comment you made. I see so many entrepreneurs give away stuff with the intent of just I got to get a client, I got to get a client, or give it at fifty percent, I got to get money. No, give it away because you're getting something in return of long-term value, which is validation. So uh, I, I think it's a, just an awesome point that you've made indirectly through your own experiences and appreciate that. So um, look, uh, the other thing that you've done since starting comms.bar, you've added some, some specialists to your, your team. Can you tell us about their roles and you know what new opportunities are, are you trying to address with those specialists? Well, part of it was that I want to help entrepreneurs to get advice and guidance from people that have domain specialisms that that's what they do the agency world has become about jack of all trades and that really doesn't help anybody because you kind of know a little bit about a lot of things and so the specialists are all about being able to say you need help in this particular area here's somebody that that's all they do this is their world if you need to get help from somebody they're the best person to give you advice. I know what I'm good at and I know what I enjoy doing. Yep. And there are lots of things that I don't want to do and things that I know very little about. And so being able to you know, give people advice on it is not something I, on that area is not something I'd be comfortable with. So the specialists are all about adding domain expertise, domain specialisms that when we get past the first 15 or 30 minutes, I can say, you know what, you need help in this area. This is who you should work with. And you know, I will sometimes make two or three recommendations, but we have people that I know understand the process. I know understand how you know the 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 kind of bigger picture for helping customers works, and that I can you know kind of put my hand on heart and say they know what they're talking about. Um, so that's really what adding the specialists are about. And I've got more than I'm going to be adding over uh, the the next few weeks and months, and um, it'll be an ongoing process, I think. Yeah, are they full time? Are they? Uh, they no, they're, they're all independent uh, contractors. Uh, the idea Love is it. about creating yeah. opportunities for other entrepreneurs that are in different uh, domains within the communications industry. The vision for the business was always yep. about helping other people to build their businesses um, around helping other people to build businesses. If that makes sense, it was. Mm. It totally, I followed you, man. I followed you. <laughs> but it's, I, I want to help foster that kind of culture of there, there are lots of freelancers, lots of independents out there that have skills that are relevant for entrepreneurs. I don't want 
entrepreneurs that are customers to have to pay for me to keep a bench, but I want to be able to connect them with people that are relevant to their business, whether it's domain specialisms, whether it's location, whether it's they have particular expertise in an industry or a sector. Over time, you're going to see the number of specialists that work through Comsbar grow. But it will enable us to be able to connect people with people that are the best people in that particular domain to to talk to and also allow us to cover geographies and territories and industries and create all kinds of specific specialisms as well. You're, you really are eating your own dog yeah, food. Yeah, it's, it's the only way to do it. You know, I, yeah, seriously. Yeah. If you can't lead by example, then it really, you're not, you're not uh, convicted on uh, or committed to ultimately the dog food that you're creating for yourself. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. You got to show by experience, by uh, you got to show by example. So um, what brought you to, did you to uh, from the UK? Why did you choose Toronto? Uh, it's very simple. A woman. Yeah, ah, well, the love. Yes, it, it always happens. By the way, it's either the guy or the girl. Yeah, well, always it's, the case. My, and it's my good. wife's Canadian, and um, she was living in the UK. Yes, and uh, yes, we got talking, and uh, come very early on in the relationship, we kind of talked about, well, maybe Canada at some point, you know, in the future, and um, it was always a long-term thing. And she teaches, yes. and came home one day, and the system's different in the UK, where the contract is with the school, not with a board. And she came home and said, if I'm not going back next academic year, I need to tell the principal on Monday. And she said, what if I wanted to go back to Canada this year rather than in five or 10 years time? How would you feel about it? And so we did, you know, kind of what I guess most couples do, you know, faced with this. We sat down with some takeout food and a bottle of wine and said, (laughs) what what are the pros? What are the cons? What do we need to do? And, you know, I I guess by the end of that evening, we'd kind of made the decision that that's what we were going to do. Um, Took the weekend yeah, to man. kind of think, are we really going to, you know, was that really a good idea? And, you know, Monday she went back and told yeah. the principal of the school she was working at that she wasn't going to go back in the next academic year. And so the process started. And Toronto was just where she lived before she moved to the UK. So she had connections here and, and family okay. and friends and all that kind of stuff. So it was just a, an easy sure, landing yeah. point with some kind of uh, infrastructure. Well, we we love we love the Brits. So uh, it's you were coming to a, a, a part of the world that, of course, has embraces you also. So that that's cool. I'm always interested in how newcomers choose new uh, Canada, uh, let alone where they choose the well, places in Canada. So thanks for allowing me. No, to go the, the, the other thing as well that's funny about that story is that talking about five or ten years down the road, we'd actually put pieces of paper with places written on it into a bowl and kind of pick them out like, you know, you know, like FIFA does with a soccer, you know, they kind of pick out names. And actually the first <laughs> one we picked out was Toronto. So it was, it was always meant to be, <laughs> nice. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. Well, look, you keep talking about helping entrepreneurs, and uh, but you are an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, you've uh, you've come up with an idea. You've come up with an idea to solve a problem in a very innovative way. You're living that. Um, can you tell us about some of uh, you know? Give me two two obstacles you faced in your in your first year of business that you know typically wouldn't 
be for that we would know about and if you can tie it into the you know the the pr advertising service area too that would be great that would be unique because uh you know there's there's lots of obstacles we face but i'm interested in the ones that people haven't necessarily thought about well, the first and i guess the obvious one is i knew nobody when i got here and yeah of course yeah, that's so right I, I yes. knew maybe three or four people that you know were my wife's friends but they weren't relevant to me or my industry or what I was trying to build. So I have gone through the process of building every relationship I have in this city and in Canada uh, from scratch. I knew nobody. And so that's that, it's a privilege to be able to do that. And it's also a challenge because you need to build relationships in order to grow your business. But again, it's going back to demonstrating that what I tell other people is possible is possible that you can build relationships that start from you know nothing that you have no relationship with people to take them to the point where they want to advocate for your business they want to recommend you they want to buy from you they want to you know tell other people about what you're doing and so you know for me that that's kind of it's been an amazing experience and and I build relationships every single day whether it's somebody that I meet in a coffee shop or somebody that I meet on the bus and you start a conversation and you find out that actually there's a shared interest or there's something that you can help them with or they can help you with or just kind of connecting uh, people that, you know, you've got somebody in your network that would be useful to them. So that was, a, that was an obstacle, yes. but it's also been great because it's that thing where I've been through it. And I've built relationships from scratch. So when I talk to entrepreneurs about it, I can tell them that uh, it, it is possible and I can, I can do it having done it. The other thing I think is that from you talked about my uh, Skype profile picture. Yes. I had the opportunity to tell people who I was, redesign you know, the, the brand, if that's what you want to call it, from scratch. And so all yes. of the images yeah, cool. and all of the uh, the kind of words and you know how I describe myself and, and I, I got to design that from day one with a completely blank sheet of paper and it changes and it evolves Very but cool. again it's about what you tell people and what you tell people as long as you can back it up often becomes reality it's about positioning and phrasing and listening a lot of the time it's you know i'm a journalist by uh, profession I, I trained as a broadcast journalist i ask a lot of questions which yes. sometimes gets me into trouble but yes. i also ask questions because i want to find things <laughs> out and i listen to the answers and you know by listening to other people talk and hearing what they tell you and what they tell you explicitly and implicitly you get to learn about how to change things and how to evolve and pivot and you know, all of these different things. And I, I've been through that process in a new country, understanding a new culture, the industry, you know, from a PR and marketing perspective is very different in Canada than it is in the UK. Entrepreneurship is very different as well. And so that's something that I feel privileged to have gone through as part of building a business. How would you have done it differently if your wife was Korean and you were transplanted into a country that you didn't understand the language. How would you approach your, your strategy? I think that 
naturally you would your, your first port of call would be the expat community people that speak your language but mm, again you mm, would learn yep. the words and the phrases and the sentences and the paragraphs over time it might take a little longer to do but again it's just for me it's part of the learning experience if i have to learn something i can learn it i may not learn it to yes. the point where i'm competent but i learn it to a point that i understand enough to make informed decisions i guess that's part of what i do with yes. the framework and the methodology that i've got it's helping entrepreneurs to be able to make informed decisions if they want to choose to in you know, a hire an agency at least they can understand the risks or the opportunities and why they're doing it. Um, so I think language is something that, that, you know, you really have to learn the language, but it's like, you know, entrepreneurship has a language all of its own and it, and it, and it changes. Yeah, it sure so, you, you know, yep. I, I guess it's yep. just the speed at which you can make things happen where you have a shared language. English is easy because, you know, I, I kind of, I've been speaking it or kind of speaking a version of it anyway for 40 years. Um, but you know, yes. being planted in a country where you have to learn the language from scratch, I guess, just makes things a magnitude different, uh, more difficult. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's uh, I, I, your answer is absolutely right. You just start hanging out with people that can help you along with your journey, and you start where the low hanging fruit is. But you don't exclude the fact that that you have to ultimately dive into that deeper pool. So uh, I think that that's a, that's an awesome awesome well, I, reference. Well, I came point. to Canada. I started listening um, to radio because that's what I knew. And, you know, listening to CBC, yes. listening to yes. um, Radio Canada. And I I can speak French, but Quebec French is another language. So yes. it's, you know, yes. I, thought, I thought I could communicate in French and then suddenly realized that most of what I learned was completely useless. <laughs> For this situation, but not necessarily uh, no, no. over in, in France. No, no, in France it was great. In Quebec it doesn't work mm -hmm. quite so well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, one thing I, the other thing I love about what you've referenced point is the, is the language of business. And it's so interesting. You say that I, I like to tell people that I'm a, I'm a bilingual person. And of course, the first thing they think of in Canada is that, uh, oh my goodness, that's great. You speak French. I said, no, I speak business. I speak entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, there's a sort of a sense of, of, of shock that goes through their head when I say it. they think I'm kidding around, but in reality, it helps them to understand if they're going to go through that journey, you got to speak the language. So very cool reference point. Well, Lyndon, uh, we've made a commitment that we're going to get together at some point in time and, uh, and have a pint or more. Uh, but unfortunately <laughs> this interview has to end at some point because what will happen is that the entrepreneurs and their short attention span will just turn <laughs> us off anyway. So uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to respect you, sir. It gives you the last word of thoughts, uh, philosophical business, uh, life, UK, whatever you want to say, the uh, the platform is yours to take us home, my friend. I think the thing that I would say to anybody that has an idea is if you have an idea that you're passionate about, do something about it. Even if it's doing more research, even if it's seemingly a very small step, do something about it. I said that I was never going to be an entrepreneur. And I'm in a new country. I've started two businesses and I now it's everything that I do everything I do is designed around making this thing work and you know if you have the idea and you're thinking about being an entrepreneur stop thinking and start doing it'll be the best decision you ever make nice 
Very cool. Lyndon Johnson, this has been just an incredible conversation. You've given us an insight into a field that uh, it can be very complicated, but I think what you're ultimately saying is, is that when you approach it in a unique, different way through your organization, Think Differently and comms.bar, uh, then really magic can start to happen. Thank you so much for your Thank time. Thank you, It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Vicki Saunders, author, founder of SheEO, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast. What would you say to aspiring female entrepreneurs who are in that high school space that are, you know, they're struggling with, with all the things they struggle with, but are also wondering about this thing called entrepreneurship uh, as a way to, to break, to break out? I think the best way to like really develop your entrepreneurial spirit um, and your muscle as an entrepreneur is to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs and listen to the conversation Um, because we think very differently than uh, people who want to have a paycheck regularly. Like I'd love to have a paycheck regularly, which I've never had my whole life. Um, That would be great, but I'm also not willing to give up my freedom. Like I'm totally addicted to taking my ideas and getting them to market. I love that so much. Uh, And that freedom is really important to me. And if you've got that kind of vibe around you, you want to be surrounded by people who have that same thing. Otherwise, you feel like you're really, really weird all the time, right? Why are you doing that? That's so crazy. Just go get a job, Vicky. And I'm like, I can't. Like, it's impossible.